Our next speaker is Pastor Clay Curtis from Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Princeton, New Jersey. Brother, please come. God be with us. I echo Brother Gabe's thoughts on the conference and the work that goes into it. And thank you very, very much. Um, I enjoy going to other conferences, but don't you enjoy having brethren come to your house and get to serve them? And uh, that's a blessing God gave us to be able to serve one another, and that's that's a joy. It's more blessed to give than receive. I think about this a lot when you're troubled and you're afflicted. The best thing to do in that case is find somebody that's in need and help them. Yeah. Amen. And it takes your mind off of your trouble and you help them and, and it, you're blessed by in the process. So thank you very much. I hope the Lord has blessed you uh, through this. Let's turn to Exodus 19. I, I thought after the message yesterday that I had preached too long a passage, so I was going to try to preach from a verse or two or three, and, and I just kept coming back to this. So, no, I'm going to preach from two chapters. <laughs> so, the question I want to answer is how... Are we taught the gospel? How do we come to know the gospel? How are we made holy and righteous? I pray God be pleased to teach us now and to work this in our heart right now. Now the first thing I want you to see, and we're just going to go a few verses at a time here rather than read everything at once. The first thing I want you to see here is there is no knowing God. There's no being taught of God. There's no being accepted of God except through Christ the mediator. Christ the mediator. It's Christ that's going to teach His people. He is the apostle. That's who He is. He's the prophet. The Hebrew writer called him the apostle and high priest of our profession. He's the priest, the high priest of his people. He's the king of his people. He's also the bishop of our souls. He is the pastor who is God who teaches us the gospel. Moses here typifies Christ the mediator. It says in verse 3, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Verse 9 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. That's the work of a mediator. Moses here 
is receiving the law from God and he's given it to the children of Israel. Galatians 3.19 says, in the, the law was given in the hand of a mediator. Ten times here the Lord speaks to Moses. And Moses delivers the word to the children of Israel. And then the, Moses represents the children of Israel to the Lord. This is typifying Christ Jesus, our mediator. God taught them the word through Moses. And Christ is the one who's going to teach us the word. He's the mediator. The Lord said there, verse 4, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. The children of Israel here have been brought out of Egyptian bondage. They typify God's elect. Not all of them were God's elect, but some of them were God's elect. Romans 9.6 says, They're not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they're the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, those that are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed. Children of promise are those God chose in Christ and trusted to Christ before the world was made. Children of promise are those that Christ creates. Gabe preached on the new creation last night. The new heavens and a new earth. The new, his people are made a new creation. Entirely created anew by Christ. Amen. By Christ Jesus. Nothing of Adam is used. We got corruption from Adam and sin from Adam. Nothing of Adam is used. Christ creates us entirely new in His righteousness and His holiness. So He's our Redeemer. He is the Mediator. God said there's one God and one Mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now secondly, the promise of God to His people... This right here is the good news of God to His people. Look here in verse 5. He said, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which I shall speak unto the children of Israel. This is what Christ declares when the gospel is preached. This is what He declares. This is what all God's people are to God. A peculiar, that means a precious treasure unto God above all people on the earth. God's people are a kingdom of priests. God's people are a holy nation. Look over at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. This is what Peter said of God's saints right here. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. He says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests, kings and priests unto God, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's what God's people are. But God said the only way this is so, there's only one way. He said if we will obey God's voice indeed and keep His covenant. If we will obey His voice indeed and keep His covenant. 
Will you obey God's voice indeed? Will you keep God's covenant? Have you? Have you obeyed God's voice? Have you kept His covenant? If our Lord blesses this message to your heart through the Spirit, today you will. Today you'll understand what that means, and you will. If the Lord teaches you and the Spirit of God blesses this to your heart, you'll understand what that means, and you will do that. That's the promise. That's what His people are to God. Now thirdly, those God saves start out vainly imagining exactly what the children of Israel imagine. Now, some were in religion and really thought this to be the case. Others, maybe you weren't in religion at all, but we all really thought this. Here's... here's here it is, Exodus 19.7. Moses came and he called for the elders of the people and he laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. This is what all God's elect start out thinking. It's what we start out thinking right here. We hear God say, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, and we say, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. We thought eternal life was by us sanctifying ourselves. Sanctifying ourselves by keeping God's Ten Commandments. That's what all men really think in this world. That's what religion's teaching. The Pharisees thought this. Christ said, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They were going to the Scriptures to see what the commandments were, and they were trying to keep the commandments to have eternal life, to earn eternal life. And Christ said, And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Until the Spirit regenerates a sinner, not only will he not come to Christ, he he, he will not and he cannot. He will not understand and receive the things God teaches and he cannot understand the things God teaches. It's foolishness to it. That's what Paul said, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But we all thought that all that God commands I will do. So many poor people, poor sinners in this world this morning are hearing a message about what they must do and they really think in their heart all the Lord commands I will do. And they think that's how I'll be saved. Well, in order to be accepted of holy and righteous God, as Gabe pointed out, we must be righteous and holy. If we're going to be accepted of the righteous and holy God, we have to be righteous and holy. It must be perfect to be accepted. That's what God said. We can't do either one. We can't be made righteous by our works, and we cannot be made holy by our works. Christ alone teaches us that He is the righteousness and holiness of His people. This is what Christ must teach us. 
He's the righteousness and He's the holiness of His people. Now in our text, God's going to begin with sanctification. That word sanctification means holiness. That's what it means. Because we must first be sanctified in or inwardly in regeneration for us to even see our sin and understand that Christ must do all the work. We have to be sanctified inwardly to be able to see Christ must do the work. Verse 10, The Lord said to Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Notice how he said that. He told Moses, you go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Now, sanctification, true sanctification, is performed within God's child. It's performed within God's child and it is to be made holy, is to be made pure, without sin, holy, whole. Being born of Adam, we have a corrupt sin nature. That's all we are by birth. Is we're born of Adam's corrupt seed, we have a corrupt sin nature. Unholy. Unholy. So a new man's got to be created within us in holiness. Now, Christ is the holiness of the new man. Christ is the holiness of the new man. Christ is called in Scripture the sanctifier. He's the one that does it. And He is the sanctification. Christ is the holiness of the new man. God commanded Moses to sanctify them. And He said, and let them wash themselves. Let them sanctify themselves. That's what He said. Now, when Christ begins His work in us, and He's really teaching His child, Christ separates us out. He begins to teach you, just like He told Moses, go there and sanctify them. Christ is going to separate you out, and He's going to begin to teach you. And He will let you think. He will let you try to sanctify yourself. And He'll let you think you can sanctify yourself. Why does He do that? Because we have to be taught our complete and total inability. Right. We have to be taught we are incapable of making ourselves holy. Job said, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me in the ditch and mine own Clothes shall it for me. He will let you think you can sanctify yourself. Some people go a long time thinking that. But Christ is going to teach us that we need the Spirit of God to sanctify us by forming Christ, our holiness, within us. That's the holiness of the new man. And then next in our text, he deals with righteousness. We need to be made holy. We need to be made righteous. Next, he's going to deal with righteousness. Verse 12, he said, And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. 
Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be a beast or man, it shall not live. Now, to be sanctified is to be holy. To To be holy within. A new holy man is created. But to be righteous is to be just before God. Before God's law, before the just judge, is to be perfectly righteous before God with absolutely no sin. We once thought that we could obtain that by keeping the law of God. God would not even let them touch Mount Sinai. He told them, you can't even touch Mount Sinai. That's where He gave the law, and that's what He's speaking about here. You can't put your hand to it. You cannot even touch the mountain, or you will die. Or you will die. Due to Adam's one transgression, we are all guilty before God. We come into this world guilty before God because of Adam's one transgression. People will say, but God wouldn't give a law we couldn't keep. That's exactly what God's doing. He gave a law we could not keep. We were already guilty in Adam when He gave this law. They were already guilty. When when Moses goes up this second time to get the law from God, by the time he gets back down, they have already made a golden calf and they're dancing around an idol. We had already broken the law, brethren. We were already guilty before God. When God gives the law, the reason He gave it, by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in His sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what God... Christ is teaching His elect among them that they're sinners. And that's what God's going to teach us. That's what Christ is teaching us. To some degree or another, this is where we all were when Christ began to teach us. We thought we could be made holy by our works. We thought we could be made righteous by our works. Turn over to Titus chapter 3. Let's hear what the New Testament says on this. Titus chapter 3. Now this new holy man's got to be created in us and it's created in regeneration by the Spirit of God. Just like, just think about it this way. It's a birth. When you were conceived the first time of Adam's corrupt seed, you were conceived in unholiness. You were completely, totally unholy. So when we're born of incorruptible seed by the Word of God, we're born holy. We're created in Christ's holiness. Now watch this, verse 3. We ourselves also were sometimes, Titus 3.3, we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving different lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. When we were the self-sanctified man, when we were the self-righteous man, we heard that word right there and we thought, that's those awful, vile, sinful people. That's who that is. Those awful, vile, sinful people. And every time we heard the gospel preached, we about gave ourselves whiplash, agreed with the preacher, but we was condemning somebody else the whole time. We didn't know that the awful, vile, sinful person was our own selves for our attempt at sanctifying ourselves and our attempt at making ourselves righteous by our works. 
What were we? We were foolish, disobedient, and deceived. We were serving the lust of our flesh. The lust of our flesh is to steal the glory that belongs to Christ. And this is the glory that belongs to Christ. We were full of malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Brother Gabe preached it last night. We were saying, stand by thyself, come not near me, for I'm holier than you are. God said, that's a stench in my nose, a fire that burns all the day. Verse 3, But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. We had nothing to do with it. By His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That, having been justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. God's elect must be born again. They must be washed. They must be sanctified. And every one of them shall be because Christ had already justified His people and made us righteous by His obedience in our room instead. So every one of his people, and that's why that's what he said there. Having been justified, we should be born again. We must be sanctified and made new so that God brings us to experience and know we're heirs of God. We're heirs of God. But you see there, this sanctification is all of Christ. It's all of Christ. Look over at Hebrews 10. Don't you see this? Hebrews 10. This is what Christ did for us. He was holy in heart as He fulfilled the law for His people. Look here in Hebrews 10 and verse 9. All the sacrifices never put away sin. They couldn't do that. But it says, verse 9, Then Christ said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. He took away that covenant of works. He took away the curse of the law that He might establish the second, the everlasting covenant of grace. By whose will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ one time. Look at verse 14. For by one offering Christ hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. This is what Christ, the Spirit of God, is going to teach us when He regenerates us, is that Christ is our sanctification. This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts, and their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Now, let's go back to our text, and let's see how Christ reveals this to us, and shows us this, and it's by Him showing us God's holiness and God's righteousness. He's going to show us we can't do this ourselves by showing us how holy and righteous God is. So they had washed themselves and they got themselves all good and cleaned up and they think all God commanded, we've done. We're ready to meet God. Verse 16, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. It's Christ who's teaching us everything. Moses brought them out up there 
And Moses and Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And God called to Moses. Listen to this in verse 21. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and charge the people lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze upon, to gaze and many of them perish. He said, yeah, They can't even come and look, look upon me. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves lest the Lord break forth upon them. Verse 24, He told Moses, Away, get thee down and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. Christ our mediator, our high priest, he can come up. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the, unto the Lord lest he break forth upon them. Do you remember Hebrews says, Without holiness no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness no man shall see the Lord. And the Lord charged Moses here to go tell the people, they can't even gaze upon me. They can't see me unless they die. That's how holy God is. And when he told the priests to sanctify themselves, he's not suggesting here that we make ourselves holy. That's not. He's telling them, stay away from the mountain. He's telling them, don't come to this mountain. What he's saying is, not even the priests of God could make themselves holy. Christ, our mediators, he's our prophet and he's our high priest represented by Moses and Aaron. And we're going to behold holy, righteous God beholding Christ. He's going to teach us this. He teaches us that we're unholy and unrighteous but showing us how holy and righteous God is and what he required. When he made you behold his unapproachable holiness and righteousness, that's when you saw you needed Christ. Look here in verse Exodus 20, verse 1. I'm not going to go through all of this. You know the giving of the law. But He gave the law here. First table, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Worship God only. The second table here is toward man. He said, Honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against their neighbor, uh, thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. This is even in the heart. You can't even think about it. And it says here in verse 18, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw, they removed and they stood afar off. And they said to Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. What did Paul say the law was? He said the law is our schoolmaster. To bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law was given to give us a knowledge of our sins. Here we are, we've washed and we think we're holy and we've done a few things and think we're righteous and we're ready to meet God. And Christ comes and He makes you behold God's holiness and God's righteousness. And you flee back and say, I need a mediator to represent me to God. I can't come to God. That's what they did. And when Christ has brought you to confess your need of Christ, that's when Christ begins to show you the good news.
It says here in verse 20, Moses said to the people, he's a picture of Christ here, he said to the people, fear not. Fear not. For God has come to prove you and that His fear may be before your faces that ye sin not. Christ speaks into our hearts when He brought you to this place where you see your trembling, you see God's holiness, you see your sinfulness, you see you've never made yourself holy or righteous, and you see I need a mediator. And Christ comes to you and He says, Fear not. Fear not. God's come to prove you. You know what that means? God has come to approve you. He's come to make you approved by creating godly fear in your new heart that will sin not. That's what he said. That his fear may be before your faces that you sin not. That right there. Fear that you sin not. That's sanctification of the Spirit and that's righteousness through faith in Christ. That you, this fear of God, that's the result of sanctification. When God has sanctified us by the Spirit and created a new heart in us, when Christ our holiness is formed in us, for the first time, you see the holiness of God. You see you can't make yourself holy or righteous by anything you've done. And he does this that you sin not, that you stop trying to make yourself holy and make yourself righteous. We cease trying to come to God by our law keeping and by our own self sanctifying works. We believe on Christ and trust He is our righteousness and our holiness that makes us accepted of God. And the mediator revealed here. God, God gave to Moses to reveal here to them. This is grace, grace, grace. Look at this now. They saw this law and they saw they had not washed themselves. They couldn't make themselves righteous. They were fearing. They were trembling. And Christ comes and says, fear not. God's come to approve you. He's come to put His fear in your heart so that you stop sinning by trying to come to God some other way. And he says, here's how you can come to God. He tells them in verse 24, An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thy oxen. And in all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. Christ is our altar. Christ is our sacrifice by which we're perfect. And Coming to God through faith in Christ, God promises, I'll come to you, I'll meet you, and I'll bless you. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. But God told them there, He said in verse 25, If you lift up your tool upon that altar, you polluted it. Neither shall you go up by steps to my altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Christ must be all our righteousness apart from our works. We trust in Him only. And it's not this step-by-step sanctification that men are preaching that will discover your nakedness before God. Christ has to be all our sanctification and all our righteousness. And we're going to grow in grace by the knowledge of Christ. Christ is going to grow us up. But Christ alone is our sanctification. The, The good works that He causes you to do That's not what makes you holy. That's not your holiness. 
And conversely, the sinful things that you do, it's all of you, it's all of your sin nature, but that don't make you stop being holy. Christ is the holiness of His people. And Christ is the holiness of the new heart. The sins of our old flesh, it's all of us. But in Christ, our old man of sin died at Calvary and just God, just Christ justified us. And He made us the righteousness of God in Him. And He's our holiness, per- perfect holiness at God's right hand and the holiness of the new man. Paul said when He renews you, in Colossians 3, He said that new man is created in knowledge of after the image of Christ that created him. You're one with Christ. What Christ is, you are in the new man. You're one with him. Perfect in Christ, with Christ in you. That'll never be undone. Now brethren, this is when we truly confess to God that we need a mediator. And when you're confessing that you need Christ to represent you, to be your righteousness and your holiness, that's when you really confess your sin. Men will come up and they'll confess the bad things they've done. And they still haven't confessed sin. You confess your sin when you're confessing, I have to have Christ my mediator to be my righteousness and my holiness or I can't come to God. Look here in verse 21. The people stood afar off and Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Remember our Lord's parable about the publican? Where did he stand? He stood afar off. And he had his face to the ground, looking at the dust, looking at what he was, beating on his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And Christ drew near on his behalf and interceded for him. And Christ said, he went down to his house justified. (laughs) And any man that's trying to come to God by his self-sanctifying works and his self-righteous deeds, He's not going down from that house justified. He will be consumed because he's trying, he's breaking every commandment of God. He has another God besides God. It's himself. And he's trying to steal Christ's glory. He's coveting the glory that belongs to Christ. He's robbing Christ. Everything God's law says don't do, he's not, he's breaking every commandment by not looking to Christ and trusting Christ alone, by trying to come to God by his own work. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God if righteousness come by the law of Christ died in vain. That's how bad it is. Now you remember how God said, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure to me above all people and a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Obedience. Do you know now know what it is? Obedience to God. It's believing Christ. He's worked all this to bring you to trust Him. That's obedience to God. He said about this Everlad, if you keep covenant with me, Christ has kept the covenant. We saw there in Hebrews, and He comes and makes this everlasting covenant in your heart, making you know it is done. It is done. You know what happens when that when he does that? The covenant are these Ten Commandments, really. That is the covenant. If you go, if you read the scripture, you'll find out the covenant was the whole law God gave Israel. Christ fulfilled it all. 
You know what the Ten Commandments are. And I want you to start as a child of God, if you believe Christ and trust Christ, you read those Ten Commandments, stop reading them as what you shall do and shall not do, what you should do and shouldn't do. Start reading them as God's promises. You shall not have another God but Him. And you shall not break any of those commandments. Why? Because you kept them all perfectly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said, it's all by Christ alone. That's how you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a peculiar people. Why? That you should show forth the praises of Him that called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. That's what Peter said First 1 Peter 1.21. It's by Him that you believe in God. That's why I said to you, we see Moses here. He taught him everything. Christ came and taught you everything. He came and fulfilled it all by laying down His life for us. He represents us there at the right hand of God. He sent of God as a mediator through the preaching of the gospel. And He teaches you. And by Him, you believe in God that raised Him from the dead that your faith and hope might be in God. It's all of Christ. It's all of Christ. That according as it is written, He that glories, let Him glory in the Lord. I tell you who will glory in the Lord. Anybody in whom Christ has worked that work right there. You will glory in the Lord. You don't want the glory. You don't want to hear anybody else giving the glory. You want Him to have all the glory. He's the only one that deserves it. Thank y'all so much, brethren. I pray the Lord bless you. Thankful to our God for this brother that's going to confess Christ. All right, Brother John.